0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wages, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again, and I hope all is well.
1: Hey Dan. Yeah, all good over here, and um, although there's been plenty of twists and turns in League 1, I think... You'll probably hear the last of me mentioning Barnsley and automatic promotion uh, in the same sentence, unfortunately, after last night's draw. Uh, but I did have the pleasure of visiting Forest Green on Saturday. Uh, a very strange experience, for sure. Uh, around the back of someone's house to get into the ground. Uh, One turnstile for all the fans. And double figure amount of buses just parked on a residential street with the kids playing in the garden next to you. Um, but, but the most important thing is I can officially declare that summer's here because I did get Summer while I was
0: at Forest Green. Brilliant. What a weekend that was. And last, but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, back after a two-week break, I bet you haven't missed talking about Spurs whatsoever.
2: No, I haven't. Um, and of course, you know, I, even when I was away, desperately trying to ruin my, my time, um, <laughs> look, I, I tried to totally switch off from Spurs Unfortunately, as being a massive football fan, it's obviously always impossible to do that. Um, But look, I mean, obviously, lots of entertaining footballers away. Um, You know, we've been keeping a very keen eye on on League One as well and and Barnsley. And um, yeah, as Craig said, obviously, they did draw last night, which it was a shame to see. But I think it's fantastic they're going to be in the the playoffs as well. And that's going to be really interesting last end of the season as well. So uh, yeah, look, I'll try my best to switch off from Spurs. League One certainly kind of uh, provided that that switch off for me, and uh, yeah, but obviously lots of other entertaining football as well. Champions League looking really exciting as well. Obviously, there was some great games last night, more great games this evening as well. So uh, yeah, lots of lots of exciting football um, to to try and keep my mind off Spurs.
0: Actually, that's just raised a very good point, Craig. What would you prefer? Obviously, does a playoff win at Wembley is that more sweeter than say finishing second and automatic? Is it the big day and getting up? Is that a bit better, or would you rather to get over the line normally? It is, but there's a, a bit of a
1: caveat in here, the fact that I do think the best two teams in the playoffs are going to be Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday, and that sets up a local derby at Wembley. And um, to be honest, I'll probably not see it, because I don't think my heart would take it. <laughs> um, we have we played Wednesday twice this year. We went away to Hillsborough 1-2-0, I think, and then beat them 4-2 at home. Um Barnsley don't usually beat Sheffield Wednesday so the the sort of prospect of doing it three times in a season doesn't really sit comfortable with me so I would be dreading that game uh, probably a bit too much. I would love to go to Wembley. Um, I've got to watch Barnsley with my son so I'll be taking my son to Wembley for his first appearance down there and to see his team at Wembley is like a dream for him So so it'd be brilliant but if it's Barnsley-Sheffield Wednesday, I'm I'm not so sure I'll be able to make it through 90 minutes, to be honest.
0: Yeah, there's always that fear if you've beaten them twice in the league, have you used up your luck tokens too early? But we'll have to wait and see, because there's still plenty of weeks left to go between now and the end of the season. And that's all the intros out of the way, so let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check FreeBets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag... And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's go to this weekend's FA Cup semi-finals at Wembley. And Craig, when we look at Man City's odds of just 1-7 to, to win in 90 minutes against Sheffield United, can you find something else that's going to tempt the listeners? Um, yeah, I've kind of got two here. Sort of a an
1: option that if you want to play it a little bit safe and then one slightly riskier. Uh, both based around Sheffield United scoring in this game, really. Um. I think City rest players here. I think they'll go fairly strong when they play in Munich on Wednesday just to make sure they tie that up and nothing strange happens. And then obviously they've got Arsenal to look forward to next Wednesday as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if Pep Guardiola gave a couple of players a weekend off. Um, I think we'll see Julian Alvarez instead of Erling Haaland in this game, for example. Um, the two bets that I've got here are the, sort of the slightly less risky option would be both teams to score, which is almost evens. It's 19-20. to 20. Um, and then the second option for a little bit more value is both teams to score in the second half, which is 12-5, to 5, so sort of 5-2-ish. to 2-ish. Um, I think Sheffield United are just going to see this as a free hit. They've pretty much got promotion back to the Premier League, confirmed. They can throw what they want at this game. I don't see why they would sit back. I think they'll want to try and do something positive for the fans. I think they'll go for it. And I think especially if City go in front, then United are just going to keep attacking and attacking and attacking. Um, to me, the best case scenario is that Manchester City score in the first half and, and sort of one 0 up in the first half, and then that should lead to a, a fairly open second half where Sheffield United will attack. Uh, and I do think they'll score, but ultimately I do think City will win. So yeah, those are the two bets: both teams to score, or if you're feeling a little want to take a bit more of a, a risk, then both teams to score in the second
0: half, which is 12 to five. Okay, Jamie, backing Sheffield United to win in 90 minutes is odds mm. of 14 to one. So that's going to be a rather bold shout. But with what Craig has said, what if I was to offer some resistance from the blades and City eventually qualify after winning an extra time? That's also 14-1. to 1. Could that be worth a look?
2: Yeah, look, I, I think with this one, I just I've really struggled to see Man City not dominating it. Um, there is, of course, the caveat that this game is sandwiched between Bayern Munich and then, of course, Arsenal in the league. Two massive games for City and, and obviously this one in the FA Cup would probably be the, the lowest of the priorities. But then again, it always comes back to the case, you know, you look at City's second uh, second team and uh, it's already incredibly strong. You know, uh, Craig mentioned one of the possible changes there. Julian Alvarez, a World Cup winner, a guy who played a key role in helping Argentina win the World Cup, coming into the team. Um, I think it's going to be more than strong enough to go out and beat Sheffield United. You'll have players in there who should be wanting to kind of prove themselves for, you know, getting into the team for these key Champions League games. You know, maybe they're guys that are on the fringes wanting to make a case that they should be starting in the big games. Um, so I think that City will have more than enough to to kind of go on and win in 90 minutes. And uh, yeah, I think for Sheffield United it's going to be um, tough to bar any sort of resistance. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think it a case of Man City having a, a pretty straightforward um, afternoon at Wembley and, and going through in 90 minutes.
0: Now, Craig, if we look at the total goals in this game, over 4.5 is the current biting point where things approach anything near value. So, at the moment, it's 13-8 to 8 for five or more in total. Would you be going that high? Would you reckon, actually, the bookies have priced it wrong because of where this game is sandwiched with City's two big fixtures? Yeah, to be
1: honest, it's it's pretty much bang on the line of, of where I would say. Um, I think City win, and I, and as I've already mentioned, I do think Sheffield United score, but if you're asking me how I think this game's going to pan out, then I can see it being 3-1, maybe 4-1 to Manchester City, and, and that's sort of one of those is under the line and one's over it. Um, if I was playing it safe and going for goals, I would go for over 3.5. It's 8-11, to so it offers nowhere near the same kind of value. Um, I just think that City, like I said, they are going to rest a few players. They will win this game. You know, they should be, as sort of Jamie alluded to, even with their second team out there, um, they're still too strong for Sheffield United and will win this game. But at the same respect, if, if Manchester City go and make five changes, and you're back in five goals or more, it just seems a lot for a team that's made five changes. So yeah, I, I, th- I think the, the sort of the lines about right what the bookmakers have done. If you're asking me, I would go over 3.5. But as I say, it doesn't really offer the same value. It's 8-11. to 11.
0: Now, Jamie, Erling Haaland is only 1-3 to 3 to score any time on Saturday. I'm not even going to insult your intelligence and ask you if you're going to back him. So if you were to look elsewhere in this market, what player takes mm. your fancy before the weekend?
2: Yeah, do, do you know what? Even with Haaland, you know, the the possibility of Haaland being there, I just think that I would look elsewhere. Um, just because I don't think that Haaland's going to start this one. Um, obviously, we mentioned earlier, it is sandwiched in between two massive games. And I think this will be the one where Haaland is rested. Um, I think it you know be a, a big ask for him to start be Bayern Munich, start it again in the FA Cup and then start against Arsenal. So, I think this will be the one where they do rest him. I think Julian Alvarez is probably going to come in here. And um, I, think, I think he's, he's certainly got a great chances of scoring. He's 4-5 to five to do so. Um, he's obviously got a good record in the competition this season. He scored in four times, three times, sorry, in the last four rounds. Um, so, you know, a guy who's, who's made a mark in this competition. Um, Phil Foden and Jack Grealish are maybe two other players to look out for. Um, obviously, Phil Foden just come back into training for Manchester City. So, a big boost for them. Um, But it'd be interesting to see kind of who starts tonight in the Champions League, whether it's Jack Grealish and Foden. And, of course, you'd maybe then expect the other to start in the FA Cup. And uh, you'd obviously fancy one of those two to score at the moment. Uh, Phil Foden, kind of his odds aren't up in terms of what his price is to score in this one. But Jack Grealish, he's 50, uh, 15 to 8 to score any time. And uh, as I said, if, if he doesn't start against Bayern Munich, he should start this one. And, uh, you know, the form he's been in, would that would be a good shout as well. So, uh, yeah, I think Julian Alvarez is, is definitely my pick here. But uh, Jack Grealish or Phil Foden are also worth a look as well.
0: OK, then let's move on to Sunday's cup semi-final. It's Brighton versus Manchester United. So, Craig, straight off the bat... How does a Brighton win odds of 29-20 to sound to you? Yeah, I like it a lot here, Dan. Um, there's one key
1: factor for me, and that's the Manchester United performance against Seville last week, where they gave up those two late goals on Thursday. Um, they've got to go to Seville and pay, play a full-strength team. They're in for a tough night on Thursday. Um, if they go to Spain, sort of 2-0 up in that, then I think Eric Ten Hag, we don't know what he would have done, but he's got a lot more options to think about, and he's got the opportunity to rest or make subs during the game to keep players fresh. But now he's not really got that choice. Um, Brighton, you know, continue to impress. I thought they were good away at Chelsea last weekend. Um, You know, what do you have to do to beat Chelsea at the minute, I suppose, is the the sort of argument against that. Um, This is their biggest remaining game of the season, unless, obviously, they get to the final. Um, So they're going to throw everything at it. Manchester United's injury issues, you know, can they hurt them? defensively, they've kept three clean sheets in the Premier League in the last three games, but they just look like a team that can be got at, you know, at the minute. Um, Brighton have got the quality to do it. I just ultimately think there's a lot in Brighton's favour, and and I would actually make them sort of slight favourites to win this, just based on pretty much about the four or five points that I've just sort of raised, all coming together as li- sort of little points, all coming together to make one sort of strong
0: case, in my opinion. OK, then, Jamie. At the same time, this game is set to be far closer than the first semi-final we just referenced. So... Would you be interested in Manchester United to qualify? Obviously gives you extra time and penalties as well, odds of 19 to 20.
2: Yeah, look, do you know what? I'm going to go the other way. I do think that Brighton will come out on top here. I just think that Manchester United have too many injury concerns here. Um, to be missing Varane and Martinez, you know, your main centre-back partnership, I think that's huge for them. And then, of course, you look at the guys who are probably going to come in, Maguire and Lindelof. I just think that that is such a a drastic drop in quality that I think that's going to cost them. And, uh, you know, they are facing a really strong Brighton side here. Obviously, a Brighton side who went and won at Chelsea at the weekend as well. Obviously, they've been on this really good run at the moment, seventh in the Premier League. I think they've got more than enough quality to go here and, uh, you know, expose Manchester United's weaknesses. Um... I think as well, Marcus Rashford's going to be missing. So, that's a big blow for United in terms of scoring goals as well. So, um, yeah, I actually think Brighton, as I said, will have enough to take advantage of United missing some key players. And uh, I think Brighton could go through here.
0: Now, Craig, if I was to ask you for a half-time score, what options take your fancy at the end of 45 minutes?
1: Yeah, again, sort of factoring in the fact that Manchester United are in Spain on Thursday and will have to play a full-strength team and and will sort of have a tough night, I think. Um, so I'm going to take Brighton to start quickly and, and get the upper hand early uh, 1-0 to Brighton is priced up at 15-4 to which is almost 4-1 to um, and I think that's, that's more than a fair, fair enough bet really like I say I, I think Brighton have got a lot of quality and I think they're going to attack Manchester United who as sort of me and Jamie both just mentioned defensive issues they're going to pretty much have to keep the same defence Thursday and Sunday it's not like they can rest players um, so yeah I, I like Brighton I think 1-0 to Brighton at half time will be where I'd
0: go Okay, Jamie, just to build on that a little bit further, if I was to ask you for a half-time, full-time bet, what do you reckon the ebb and flow will be on Sunday?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. I think that uh, Man United will offer a bit of resistance here, and I think we'll see a very close first half, and maybe it ends in a draw. So, as I said, I'm going to go for a draw at half-time, and then Brighton to eventually uh, come out on top by full-time so, uh, draw half-time, Brighton full-time, and you can get that at 5-1. to one.
0: A very tempting price indeed, but we're going to go bet-building once again, and it's another massive one. A Sunday sees Newcastle play host to Tottenham. We're going to look to construct another winner, and that means, Craig, you're up first. I'd like an any-time goal scorer from you, please.
1: Yeah, apologies in advance, um, but it's <laughs> Callum Wilson for me at 7-5. to five. Um, I just think that when I've recently seen Newcastle, they just look a bit better on the side when he's in there. They've got a bit more sort of intent and... They just look more likely to score and a bit more threatening when he's there. Um, He didn't play much against Villa when they lost 3-0 last weekend, came on in that game. Uh, Before that, he did really well at Brentford when he played half a game. He had a goal ruled out and got an assist. Uh, Scored twice against West Ham when Newcastle went down there and won 5-1 against them. Um, I just get the feeling that after a 3-0 defeat, Eddie Howe's going to shake things up and maybe make two or three changes here. And and I think that pushes Callum Wilson into the starting lineup rather than as a
0: sub. Uh, So I fancy him to get a goal. Uh, seven to five years. Okay then, Jamie. I like the over under on the goals, please.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's quite a surprise to me to see that Newcastle still top for for goals con- uh, uh, or top of the league for least goals conceded. Um, when you can consider that they've they've won just one clean sheet in the last eleven matches. So, you know, for Newcastle, I think this is a game where, you know, defensively there has been a bit of a drop off from them. Then, of course, you look at Spurs who have conceded the most goals in the top 10. Um, So, I think this game could be maybe set up for goals here. And uh, I'm going to go for over 2.5.
0: Okay, then. I'm going to go with Newcastle to win either half. So, Tottenham certainly look like they're going through the motions in the past few weeks. And they cannot keep a clean sheet to save their lives. The Magpies are going to be looking for a response after their mauling at the hands of Aston Villa last Saturday. And especially as the top four players are still up for grabs. So, it could be a bit of yin and yang in this game. It could go either way. But... Even regardless of the final outcome, I can see Newcastle getting their noses in front at some juncture. Whether that's 45 or 90, I think Newcastle are going to be sort of smiling at some stage. Which means this is our final selection on the Bet Builder. And now we're just going to recap our three picks. Craig's gone for Callum Wilson to score at any time. Jamie's gone for over 2.5 goals. And I've gone for Newcastle to win either half, which means it's odds of 11 to 4 this week. Not a big one, but it could be. A very winnable one. So, as I say, 11 to 4 £10 on the betting slip, £37.50 in your back pocket. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. So, Craig, is this the last chance to for Tottenham and their top four hopes? Or do you reckon the doors have already shut after Saturday's defeat?
1: Yeah, I think this is a game that Tottenham have simply got to win. Um, lose this and the gap between themselves and Newcastle is six points. But Newcastle do have a game in hand still. Uh, Manchester United would also be six points ahead, but they'd have two games in hand. Um, so it looks incredibly tough to come to come back from that. You know what makes it look much harder though is the fact that Spurs uh, continue to be nowhere near their best, and, and they're showing no signs of of getting anywhere close to that. Um, the last four performances, you know, Southampton and Everton two draws, a fortunate win against Brighton, and then a loss against Bournemouth. Um, although different results and score lines, the one thing they've got in common is that Tottenham have been well below par, and you know. They need to be at their best to get into this top four and they're nowhere near it. Um, I think Newcastle win the game anyway. So for me, the, uh, the door to the top four is closed, locked, bolted
0: down and everything else. Which means, Jamie, if that door is closed, bolted, whatever you want to call it, is there now the concern that Spurs are going to be looking over their shoulder? Because obviously results have gone completely south. So it's not a case of whether the top four is it now a case of the Europa League turning into the Europa Conference League at the end of the season.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that probably is a bit of a concern. But look at this stage. I kind of look at it, and I, don't, I actually don't think Spurs will kind of have any um, real worries at the moment, even finishing in that. That um, even in finishing in the Conference League spots, um, it looks like top seven is going to get into Europe this season. Uh, seventh spot will likely qualify for the Conference League, and then of course you look at the teams that are coming up behind Spurs. You've got Villa, Brighton, and Liverpool you'd all fancy those teams to be able to knock Spurs out of that, uh, out of that top seven. So, um, yeah, I think at the moment, you know, obviously Spurs fans, I, I think most of them will want to avoid getting into the Conference League. I think Europa League would be really good. I think that's a competition that Spurs, as a Spurs fan, I'd love to see us take seriously. Obviously, the way that we do take these cup, cup competitions, we never seem to do take it seriously. So it feels almost pointless going into that competition. The Conference League... You know, as much as it is a trophy, you can go and win and Spurs do need that trophy. I just think it's a competition that would offer so many distractions. So I do want to avoid that. But as I said, I just think I look at the form of Villa at the moment. I look at Brighton and I look, obviously, Liverpool with that big win. I think there's three teams there that could quite easily knock us out of that top seven. So, uh, yeah, I I think at the moment Spurs look probably set for about eighth place.
0: Now, Craig, Newcastle was certainly out of sorts last weekend. They conceded three at Villa Park. In your eyes, does this game lean into a both teams' to score bets?
1: Yeah, I think it does, yeah. Um, Newcastle have been playing sort of fairly well and almost back to the best before that defeat against Aston Villa. But despite that, they've still been conceding. And, and I've got the same stat wrote down as what Jamie mentioned a couple of minutes ago. Uh, one clean sheet in the last 11 games, which came against Manchester United when they, they won at home against Manchester United. Um, Spurs have been scoring despite not playing too well. And I think when you look at the way that this game's set up, Tottenham do often look better when a team have a go at them, so Newcastle being at home in this one, you know, it's a game that they've got to win. They are going to attack Tottenham, so I do think that Newcastle will score. But at the same time, I do think that they are a bit susceptible at the back, and they will give Tottenham the chance to score themselves. So yeah, I think everything
0: sort of points towards both teams to score in this one for me. Which means, Jamie, if Craig's opting for both teams to score, you also have to factor in that Spurs haven't kept a clean sheet in the last six league outings. So, if we're picking a Newcastle end-time goal scorer, do you share the faith of Callum Wilson earlier in the show, or have you got another option?
2: Yeah, look, th- this is a tricky one because I think it's very clear that it's going to either be, you know, Wilson or Isaac are the two picks. Um, but look, I mean, these are two players. You don't know who's going to start at the moment. Obviously, we saw Isaac Blank against Villa. Um, so does that mean that Wilson will come in? Um, I think just given the way that Isaac had been playing over recent weeks, it's, it's difficult to really drop him at the moment. Um, and, and just saying that, as I said, you, you do look elsewhere. Very difficult to see where those goals are going to come from because eight of uh, Newcastle's last 11 in the league have, have come from these these two. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's definitely worth sticking with these two. Um, for me, I'm probably going to go in the opposite direction and I'm going to stick with Alexander Izak. I think he will probably just about get the nod. I think he is the guy that Newcastle long-term want to build around um, and I think he'll, he'll get another go here. Um, so I'm going to go for Izak to score any time at 13-8. to 8.
0: Okay, then it's time for our long shot aca now. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between two to one and five to one. So Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me?
2: Yeah, I mean obviously the the one of the most informed teams in the league at the moment Aston Villa they've been fantastic recently under Unai Emery obviously making a, a really strong push for for European football. Um got that big win last weekend against Newcastle winning 3-0 and uh I'm going to back them to to win 0 again. Um they do go away to Brentford which obviously is a fairly tricky game. Um but look as I said Villa at the moment they've they've kept six clean sheets um in the last eight league matches. Meanwhile, Brentford—they're on a run of five without a win, um, and they've lost—and and they've lost all of their last three as well. So, a team that are struggling at the moment, Brentford, despite obviously having a, a fantastic season. And uh, I think Villa are more than capable of capitalising on that. And um, just given how good they have been defensively, I think they can win to nil here at four to one.
0: Okay, then Craig, what have you got up your
1: sleeve? Yeah, after picking out three selections that were just below the magical two-to-one mark. I've decided to just go big for this one. So it's a five-to-one shot, and it's a slightly homer uh, pick. I'm going to go with Barnsley, minus two on the handicap against Oxford on Saturday. Um, Out of the automatic promotion race, it seems, Barnsley, but standards won't drop at the club. They'll want to arrive in the playoffs in good form, Um, and home form this season has been absolutely excellent. They've been scoring for fun at home, and since February, they've put five past Morecambe, four past Derby and Sheffield Wednesday, and three past Plymouth and Portsmouth. Uh, most of those teams I've just mentioned are some of the best that the league's got to offer. Um, Oxford, on the other hand, they're down at the bottom of the table. They're sort of scrapping for points at the minute. I just see this being a comfortable sort of bounce-back win for Barnsley. Plenty of goals again in front of their own fans, uh, and hopefully enough to win the game by
0: three or more. So it's 5-1, to one, that pick, for the long shot. OK, then, I'm dropping down to League 2, and the two teams involved will not want to drop down to the National League because I'm off to the Victoria ground for a huge relegation six-pointer between Hartlepool and Crawley. The hosts are currently 23rd and in the relegation zone and they are sitting three points behind the visitors in 22nd. Now Crawley held up for a massively important point at home to Colchester on Tuesday while Hartlepool lost to Salford. So that means Scott Lindsay's Crawley outfit know that a win would almost get them over the safety line. And with such high stakes and the Red Devils having just a little more when it comes to momentum, it means I'm backing the away win odds of 2-1. to one. And of course, check out freebets.com for the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more Premier League topics now. And first up, it's Arsenal versus Southampton on Friday night. Craig, the Gunners have drawn in the last two league outings and are no longer favourites to win the title. Would a win to nil at odds of 5-6 to six be the perfect tonic for Mikel Arteta's men?
1: It certainly would, yeah. And I do think that's what will happen here. Um, Southampton sort of look as though they're resigned to relegation already, which is... Um, very disappointed to see. There doesn't seem to be much of a, a fight in them, really, at the moment. Um, it's a game that Arsenal obviously can't afford to slip up in, given the last two and obviously what's coming on Wednesday, which is the game against Manchester City. I don't think they will slip up here. I ultimately think this is going to be quite a comfortable night for Arsenal. Uh, back to winning ways, a clean sheet there, and and I can see them winning in this sort of 2-0, 3-0
0: um, but, yeah, the, the bet with a clean sheet it looks rock-solid to me. Now, Jamie, Arsenal were quick out the blocks last weekend at West Ham. They got two goals in the first 10 minutes at the London Stadium. How does them taking the lead in the same marker, odds of 7-2, sound to you?
2: Mm. Yeah, look, I've, I've got some quite interesting stats about the first 10 minutes for both teams here. I mean, seven of um, uh, Arsenal's 75 goals in the league this season. Um, only uh, they've come in the first 10 minutes, so not a huge deal with them. Uh, Southampton themselves interesting Um, they've conceded just once in the opening 10 minutes this season so um, for me I probably would stay away from this one of course we have seen Arsenal making really strong starts in their last two matches but uh, I think just given the form um, as I mentioned of these two teams in in those opening 10 minutes I think this is one I'd stay away from.
0: Okay then next up we're off to West London as full play host to Leeds. Now, we were under the impression that Fulham were on the beach last week. Perhaps that's not the case. So, Craig, after the Everton win, would you be backing them to win at home at 13-10? to 10, Or, because of the beach-based reasons, are you staying clear regardless? Yeah, I mean, sort of last week they made us look stupid. And, and this week,
1: I think they're one of the more rock-solid picks in the Premier League. Um, I really like a Fulham winner. But it's not really for, for Fulham and what they're doing at the moment. It's more about Leeds. Um, just look at what they've done recently. Defensive collapses as soon as they concede a goal. They've come against Liverpool and Crystal Palace. Um sort of I'm just south of Leeds where I live and, and they're not a side that I, I really want to do well, but but two or three weeks back, if you if you ask me, then I would have said Leeds would have survived no problem in the Premier League. But now I'm not so sure and again it's not just bias because I don't don't particularly like them. Um, they're shipping goals all over the place. You know, defensive issues have been at this club now for what, three years? regardless of the manager in charge, regardless of the formation that they play, they're just not good enough defensively, and they're well, well below expectations in the past two games. Um, Fulham have got nothing to play for, as we've sort of preached for a couple of weeks. They have quite a carefree attitude and, and went with a bit of a attacking intent, I thought, when they played Everton last week. Um, they played with a team sort of without fear and with nothing to lose, and, and you know that's going to be the same approach here. I think they are going to attack Leeds. And if Fulham attack Leeds, I just can't see a game where Leeds don't concede. Um, It's Fulham for me to win this one. I think they're pretty rock solid. And I'm surprised that they're
0: 13-10 against a team that that are shipping goals for fun. Now, Jamie, Leeds were hit for six on Monday night. It's also 11 goals conceded in the last two home league outings. Now, they need a response. Can they get it? Can they grind out a draw at least in the double chance market? Would you take that or to four to seven?
2: Yeah, look, just at the moment, I wouldn't go anywhere near Leeds at the moment. They've just been so poor in their last couple of matches, Obviously you can see, as we said, five against Palace, six against Liverpool. And, uh, yeah, I just think they're in a really bad way. I mean, Javi Grazia had come in and looked like he was kind of doing a good job. But, um, yeah, it's really fallen off a cliff. And I think Tyler Adams' injury, I think that's been a, a really big blow for them. Obviously, just losing him in the midfield has, has kind of left a big old hole there. Then of course you look at them defensively. I mean, the, just the defence is all over the place at the moment. Messier just looks like he can't make a save, almost save his life really at the moment. I think he's, you know, he's faced what's it, 11 shots on target or something, and conceded all of them. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's not looking good at all for Leeds at the moment. You say at them, you, you look at the way it's going for them. They're, they're one of the sides you'd you'd really fancy to go down at the moment, and uh, they face the Fulham side obviously should be buoyed by that win against Everton on the weekend. So. Um, yeah, I think everything kind of points towards a Fulham win here.
0: OK, then what about the team that Fulham beat last weekend, that being Everton? You'd have to say a huge opportunity missed for Sean Dyches' men, but now they go to Crystal Palace, whereas it's a huge opportunity for them to be all but safe with a home win out odds of evens. So is that of interest to you, Craig?
1: Yeah, Crystal Palace. Another team to make me look slightly stupid over the past few weeks. Um, I questioned the appointment of Roy Hodgson and they arrive here on the back of three wins in a row, all against relegation rivals. And all of a sudden, you know, you look at the Premier League table and Crystal Palace are exactly where they should be. The 12th position, um, never really in danger, floating along. Nobody really sort of pays much attention to where they are because you know that they're not near the top and they're not near the bottom. And it just looks like sort of business as usual, really. Um, Three more points for them, and I agree, they're safe. And that's exactly where I think they'll get here. Um, Everton, sort of as we've mentioned over the past few weeks now, much better at home than away. But when you look at this fixture, this is absolutely the wrong time to play Crystal Palace. Uh, They're on the up. They know they've they've nearly got the
0: job done. A little bit more to get over the line. And I think they'll get those three points on Saturday. Now, not only that, Jamie, but the Eagles have been level at the interval in the past three and then gone on to win all of them at full time. So you can get four to one on the same outcome occurring at the expense of Everton. Would you be tempted Mm. by this?
2: Yeah, I think it's quite a nice prize as well, to honest. Everton, I think they'll, they'll likely come here again, as we know, to, to frustrate and uh, set up in a defensive manner and maybe in the first half that keeps Palace at bay. Um, I think Palace as well, I think the aim here is just to, because they've been so good in, in the last three and they've got those nine points on the board, I think that this game will almost be about just avoiding defeat. And I don't think they'll want to go kind of gung-ho and, and uh, really put Everton to the sword early. So I think that, you know, as I said, with with maybe the toffees putting up a bit of resistance in, in the first half, the possibility of a cautious approach in, in the first half from Palace. Um, and then, of course, as we, we've seen, you know, there's been that lack of goals in that first half from the Eagles. I think that 3-1 to one sounds quite a nice price here.
0: Yeah, it absolutely smells of nil-nil at half-time and then maybe Palace going on to win 2-0. Because you just look at Everton and think, well, where's their one goal at least going to come from? You know, They went to Manchester United, Ellis Sims had a couple of chances, but looked like he'd won a competition to play for Everton. He looked well out of his depth. And then they bring on Neil Mopay, didn't have the answers there. They're just really chronically lacking goals. And you know what you're going to get from a Sean Dyke's team, but even with Burnley, you thought there's something there in attack. You just look at Everton and think, Where's that coming from? And as you say, Craig, it's the worst time for them to play Palace, who are soaring, if you pardon the pun, as the Eagles, and they are absolutely flying. So that's not going to be a 0-0 game. It probably won't be 0-0 at the King Power, because Leicester play host to Wolves. It's not quite a six-pointer, but it's important all the same. Big question is, Craig, who, if anyone, gets three points on Saturday? Yeah, it's another game where
1: I'm going with the form team, and that's Wolves here. Um, those sort of two or three just, just below two-to-one picks that I had lined up for the long shot, Wolves were one of those. Um, They come here on the back of two big home wins, a good point away at Nottingham Forest. And just like Crystal Palace, you know, Wolves have just sort of slid up the table. Nobody's really noticed. They they look as though they were never in trouble, and they're exactly where they should be as such. Um, Leicester, on the other hand, though, absolutely massive few weeks coming up for them under Dean Smith now. Um, Can they do it? Well, they're not playing sort of anywhere near as good as some of those around them who have moved up, with the exception of three teams, and that's Southampton. Leeds and Nottingham Forest. Um, To me, it's three from those four for relegation. Um, Probably not a case of being good enough to stay up, but maybe being the fourth worst uh, and sort of scraping it and uh, doing enough to get the odd point here and there on the board, which is what Leicester will be looking to do here. You know, they're at home and they should be looking to win this game, but I do think that Leicester will see this. If they can just get a point on the board somewhere and build, um, then, then maybe they've got something to build on. Unfortunately, I don't think they will. I think Wolves seem decent value here. Like I said, they're just under two to one. And like Crystal Palace, I think three points on the board for Wolves. They'll also think that they're safe.
0: And I think they'll do it. Yeah, I mean, you look at Leicester's performance at Manchester City last weekend. And I guess if you're Dean Smith, you have to think maybe it was just a free hit. Like, we can't read too much into it. I mean, it was an ugly start considering they conceded it so early. But they grew into the game with the caveat that City kind of dialled down completely. So I don't think you can read too much into Leicester's showing. But I, as you say, Craig, I fear for them this weekend. I don't think there's enough about them to say, right, do you know what? This is where it really matters. But they just haven't really got anything about them. Yes, they've got goals, but their defence always undoes that hard work. And I think it was, what, 15-8, to eight, just there, thereabouts for Wolves. So just under the threshold. But even so, I think that's great value for the modern new outfit to win on the road. But Jamie, with that in mind, Leicester and Wolves haven't really been known for scoring this season. Perhaps Leicester more than Wolves, but collectively not great attacking forces. Can you see this one ending in under 2.5 goals at 8-11? Or do you reckon the game actually opens out a bit?
2: Yeah, I think it could, actually. I think this might be a game where there are goals because I look at both teams here and I think Leicester, they'll be looking at this as a home match against a team who are also kind of in and around that that drop zone. um, And they'll want to win this one. This will be an opportunity that they should sense to get three points to the board. Yes, of course, Wolves have picked up. But this is a home game, you know, where else are they going to get these three points? So for Leicester, I think they'll want to go and win this one. Then, of course, you look at Wolves. I think they'll be more than kind of looking at this one and thinking they can go and win. And this is a great opportunity to win themselves because, you know, Leicester's form has been really poor recently. You know, they've lost eight of their last nine matches. So Wolves, again, will look at that and think this is a fantastic opportunity to go and capitalise. So I think both teams' approach for this one will be to go and win it. They have to go and win it, really, because this is a, a fantastic opportunity for both to get those three points. So um, I can see this game maybe opening up. And, uh, you know, as we said, Leicester, a team defensively who have been really poor, but they can score goals. Um, and Wolves as well. You know, there's, there's been a bit of a pick-up from them. And I think they'll have enough to, in their kind of going forward to, to capitalise on, on Leicester's poor defence. So, um, yeah, I think over 2.5 goals could, could be a good hit.
0: OK, then, before we move on, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, it's back to the FA Cup for me. And it's
1: Manchester City to beat Sheffield United 3-1, which is 10-1. to um, Sort of, as I mentioned earlier, I, I do think Sheffield United are going to get a goal here. And I don't think we're going to see City absolutely running riot with a full-strength team out. Um, I just think that sort of 3-0 and 4-0 are both single-figure odds. And just adding in Sheffield United to score a goal in this game really boosts the odds up, and it's ten to one, so it's double figures. Uh, I think United will score, but ultimately City will win. So I just thought it was decent value, three to one. Uh, sorry, ten to one for a three-one.
0: Fantastic. And Jamie, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend?
2: Yeah, I'm going to stick in the Premier League for my one. I'm going to go for the game between Liverpool and Nottingham Forest. Uh, I think it's going to be a big win here for Liverpool. Of course, we've seen them score some pretty big goals recently, obviously scoring six you know, on Monday against Leeds, who obviously scored twice against Arsenal as well, which is obviously a very impressive achievement. And then, of course, a couple of weeks ago, um, it was that 7-0 win and uh, they face Nottingham Forest here. and Nottingham Forest side who are really struggling at the moment. I think this is going to be an emphatic win. I'm going to go for 5-0 for Liverpool, uh, which you can get a massive 18-1.
0: Blimey. Right, of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's pop up some more Premier League headlines now. And we're actually off to Anfield as Liverpool play host Nottingham Forest. No one in 10 now for Steve Cooper's men. Craig, I'm going to ask the big one. Can they finally end the run on Merseyside odds of 15-1? to 1?
1: I mean, the very, very short answer to this, Dan, is no. Um, very, <laughs> a, very short a, answer. Can I have a no. longer
0: answer, please? <laughs> of
1: course you can, yeah. Very much along the similar lines of what Jamie's just mentioned. I, I think we've seen much more like what I would call the Liverpool of old in the past two games. Should have beaten Arsenal when they played them a couple of weeks back. Comfortably beat Leeds. Um, I'm expecting a Liverpool win here and a, a very big Liverpool win. And the change for me... Has been that when we've watched Liverpool play Arsenal and Leeds, the majority of time they've gone up the field, they have looked like scoring a goal. And when in the past, they've either not attacked as often, or when they've attacked, they've looked as though they've got a bit of a sort of a lack of cutting edge. They look like they're attacking with intent and they look like scoring. Um, I do think they're going to score a few in this one, like Jamie. I've, I've actually picked out a handicap pick here rather than going for a massive correct score like him. Um, I've gone for Liverpool minus two, which is five to four. That's just them to win by three goals, any scoreline. I think they'll hit Forest early and then they'll just get on top and keep going and going like they did with Leeds um, on Monday night. The away side are in for a very, very tough day. They're in a bad run of form and you don't want to go to Liverpool when they're scoring like this. So I think it's going to be sort of three, four, five goals maybe that that Liverpool score here.
0: Okay, Jamie, you've just given me a correct score. So I'm actually going to ask you something about Steve Cooper. Of course, this Mm. 10-game run... It's over his head it could well be 11 by the time we get the weekend out of the way so if it gets to 11 do you reckon he then sees the team through to the end of the season or do you reckon there's going to be one last panic button to be pushed in the premier league
2: mm-hmm. yeah look i think it's possible that they do do that uh just because they've committed so much money to this project obviously players on big contracts as well so i don't think it's going to be a case of where they'll look at it and think look we go to back down to the championship and, you know, we uh, we tried to rebuild with, with uh, Steve Cooper in charge. I think they want to just stay up at any costs. Um, the problem is who comes in. And I just kind of look around at who's available. And I think that they are very limited. So... Yeah, it's, it's it's very difficult to know. Obviously, no, not many games left either for a new manager to come in. I can't imagine too many managers are going to want to come in and, and try and fix this job as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult to see. But uh, as I said, I just think that the big factor here is is that, that Nottingham Forest committed so much money. I don't know if they can really afford to go down to the Championship. So, um, yeah, that's maybe where they'll look at it and uh, think that they need to make that change. So it's, it's so difficult to tell at the moment what they're going to do.
0: I guess the only saving grace for Steve Cooper might be the fact that he's got Forrest out of the championship. He had a good run with Swansea, getting them to the playoff final, playoff semi-final, I think in reverse order, but he's got playoff experience as well. They might look at it and say, do you know what? This could be a Sean Dyche-style Burnley job where we go down and he comes back up with us. But maybe that's me being a bit too romantic because the Premier League has become so cutthroat that even that kind of, you've got championship experience and getting out of it doesn't really stand for anything these days. It's kind of like, he needs to be in this league as you say, Jamie, by any means necessary. And you kind of get the, the feeling that they may have to roll the dice because you can't go to, what, 14-15 for that win because you're going to sink straight to the second tier. But with that said, Craig, there's certainly no panic for Aston Villa. They're currently lying six in the table. And with them winning each of the last five, how does the away win at Brentford odds to 15-8 to eight, sound to you?
1: Yeah, this is another one of those picks at just under 2-1. to one, And Jamie sort of smartly added in um, win to nil to, to raise the odds. And I never thought about doing that, to be honest. Um, yeah, I really like Aston Villa for this one. They're going about the business in in really good fashion. I think they're, they're they're playing sort of teams down at the bottom who are potential to be banana skins, and they're dismissing them with ease. They're playing teams who are up near the top, and they're beating them. Um, it's five now in a row that they've won. Four of those wins have come with a clean sheet. Just absolutely rock solid. Um, you know they're they're playing well across the entire sort of pitch. Really, there's no. There's no area where Aston Villa are letting themselves down at the minute. It's all absolutely top-notch and fair play to them as well. Um, Brentford, five without a win now, and they've lost the last three. And Maybe, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we nominated the wrong team for the beach. Yeah, um, It could well be Brentford who are on the beach at the moment. Um, a real, real chance for Aston Villa to grab the Europa League, which would be a massive achievement for them. Um, they've hit form at the absolute perfect time to do it. I think they'll win this. And just one last thing... Um, if Aston Villa don't quite get the Europa League and land in the Europa Conference League, this is what that competition was designed for. Teams like Aston Villa, teams like Brighton, to get into Europe and not always find themselves just missing out because of the big boys. In many ways, although obviously you you two want Tottenham in the Europa League, I would feel bad if Aston Villa got in in the Europa League and Tottenham ended up in the Conference League because it's the wrong way around. The Conference League's there to get new teams into Europe. So, although Aston Villa want to finish as high as they can, them getting into the Conference League is actually like what that competition's designed for. And um, I do think they'll get some kind of European football. I think they're playing too well to miss it now. Do
0: you know what Aston Villa to finish in the top four is twenty-five to one. If results go their way, and I say that's a win for Villa at the weekend, let's say Tottenham beat Newcastle, but they can't get a run together, can they? That twenty-five to one doesn't seem the worst price. All of a sudden, so maybe keep an eye on that. Maybe. But anyway, Jamie, you referenced the. A- Villa win nil at the weekend. Craig's also sort of touched on that. Mm. However, I'm going to try and offer you something. I've got mm. Ivan Toney and Ollie Watkins to score for their respective clubs. You can combine this on a bet builder odds of seven to one. Could you be tempted by this?
2: I, I think so. I mean, look, I obviously, as I said, did mention that Winter to nil. But again, this one's very interesting. Tony at the moment, he's, he's literally scoring a goal every other match at the, get at the moment. Um, five in his last nine. So a fantastic record for him. Then, of course, we all know about Oli Watkins and how well he's been doing. He almost feels like a dead cert at the moment to score. Um, he's got a, a 11 in his last 12, so a guy who's, who's really on fire. Um, but look, as I said, you just have to kind of look at how good Villa have been defensively recently. Six clean sheets in the last eight, and uh, I just think they can do it again here. So Watkins, for me, is it will get on the score sheet. But uh, even Tony, just with how good Villa have been defensively, I think there's, there's quite a bit of uncertainty can he score here? So, uh, yeah, I probably will go for no for this one, just about.
0: OK, then let's quickly pack the passports as we look for some value across Europe. Craig, you're off to Serie a, as Juventus play host to Napoli. The runaway leaders are stuttering these past few weeks and also they're out of the Champions League, which is a bit of a shame, really, because for me, I thought they were going to get all the way to the final and maybe win it. So would you be bold enough to look at this game and think actually the home win at 7-4 to four might be the right way to go? Yeah, I mean, I think the
1: value is there for, for Juventus. And although they've sort of lost the last two games, they have been playing fairly well recently and they are pushing very, very hard to sneak into Europe at, at the last minute. Um, 15 points they had taken off earlier on in the season, let's not forget. So they, they would have been in the top four comfortably had they not had those taken off. Um, they're five points off the Europa League now, so it's all to play for for Juventus. So Napoli on the other hand, when you look at them, they're in cruise control, really. Um, they're just picking up the odd points, to just sort of trying to get enough to get over the line. Um, they drew on Tuesday, but as you said, they're out of the Champions League after losing the first leg to AC Milan. Um, AC Milan actually beat them in the league a couple of weeks ago, 4-0. Not too long back. Um, you know, Verona held them to 0-0 last weekend. Um, Napoli are going to win the league, but I just get the feeling that Juventus have got more to play for and more of a reason to go for the three points. So I just think at 7-4
0: at home, um, they're, they're fairly decent value, I think. Yeah, I'd have to agree on that front. And Jamie, Barcelona have had real issues in front of goal in the past few weeks. I think it's three matches without a goal, two league blanks and that drubbing by Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey. So Sunday, season players to Atletico Madrid. Would a home win and under 2.5 goals or to 3-1 to interest you?
2: yeah uh, yeah definitely for this one i think barcelona um they've been pretty really strong defensively and and, and and so impressive when i was looking at the stats i can see they're just nine times all season um, in La Liga, um, and they've conceded just twice at home um, at the new Camp. So, yeah, really, really impressive uh, record there. So I think they've got more than enough to kind of keep Atletico low-scoring here. Atletico themselves, um, they've have, they've got a good defensive record. They're second in the league in, in that sense. So, um, yeah, as I said, everything kind of points towards a low-scoring one here. And uh, I think Barcelona can get back to winning ways against Atletico here. Um, obviously pushing on towards... The the La Liga title. um, And uh, yeah, I think that's a really good shout. Under 2.5 goals and the Barca win.
0: OK, then, of course, there is some Thursday night action in terms of Europe. Let's focus on the English interest. Craig, what's the best bet you can find the listeners as West Ham play host to Ghent at the London Stadium? I thought
1: West Ham did enough last Thursday, and obviously the tie is firmly sort of in their hands now back at home. Um, We've also seen a lot more from West Ham in the Premier League recently, too. And I thought they showed really good sort of fighting spirit against Arsenal at the weekend to come back from and get a point in that game. Um, I think last, uh, eventually sort of West Ham will win this one quite comfortably. And the winter to nil is where I've gone. It's 13-8 to eight for them to win this without conceding a goal
0: and ultimately get through to the semi-finals. OK, and Jamie, what's the best bet you can offer the listeners when Sevilla score off with Manchester United?
2: Yeah, I mean, interestingly, I've actually gone for the the same sort of bet here, but I'm going to go for Severe to win here and and do it to nil. Um, I th- and you can get that at a pretty nice price of eleven to two. Um, look, Severe, they've not been great this season, but look, always in the Europa League, they seem to kind of find a way to win it, and I think that that will be the case here. Um, they've also kept clean sheets in both of their home matches in the competition this season. Obviously, they are Champions League dropouts, so. You know, they've only played in the knockout stage of this competition so far. Um, And and as I said, in both those games kept clean sheets at home. So I think they should be good to do the same here. Um, And as I mentioned, with, with Manchester United, they're missing Varane, Martinez and Rashford. So I just think that Sevilla, as we saw obviously in the first leg as well, you know, United really struggled when those guys were off the pitch. So um, uh, you know, I, I just think that'll be the case where I think Sevilla can take advantage of that. And uh, I actually think it'll be a low scoring one and uh, they'll do it to nil at 11-2. Uh, to
0: two. It could be the start of a bad week for Manchester United. But let's try and end on a good note for us because it's the final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We will pick a leg each, we combine it into an acca, we try and go for bets over 1-2, but less than evens, and let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So Craig, you're up first, what have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go down to League 1, and I've got Charlton
1: to beat Morecambe, which is available at 7-10. to 10. Uh, Charlton have got little to play for really, but despite that, they have been showing some good form. Uh, they've won 4 and lost 2 of the last 6. A couple of away blips, including being thumped by Ipswich last weekend, uh, but at home it's been pretty good. They've won the last two at home. they won 3-2 against Burton and they thumped Shrewsbury 6-0 as well a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they won 1-0 against MK Dons on Tuesday night to put that Ipswich loss behind them and get over that. Uh, Morecambe are in the relegation places. and uh, To be honest, they're probably the worst side that's been down at Oakwell this season. Um, they're struggling massively and what Charlton do have is a hell of a lot of pace going forward. They've got two wide players um, who have both got a lot of pace about them and I think they're just going to cause Morecambe all sorts of problems um, so, yeah, it's a home win, 7-10 uh, to 10 for me. Solid start there. Jamie, what have you got up
0: your sleeve?
2: Yeah, I've got another Premier League pick for my one, and I really like this one. I'm going to go for Palace to beat Everton. at Um Palace, of course, as we know, they've won three in a row under Roy Hodgson. Everton, meanwhile, they've lost eight of their 15 away matches this season. And uh, I think they'll have another one added here with uh, Palace winning. And as I said, you can get that at evens.
0: Lovely stuff. I'm off to the Bundesliga as Borussia Dortmund play host to Eintracht Frankfurt. The black and yellow spurred a huge opportunity to go level on points with Bayern Munich last weekend as both the top two ended drawing their respective league outings. However, this Saturday could provide the challengers with a perfect tonic in terms of opposition, as last season's Europa League winners have not won any of their last seven in the Bundesliga. Their hopes of a Champions League return have faded. Dortmund will want to make sure the same does not happen in terms of the Championship, and that's why I'm backing the home win odds of 13-20. to 20. Right, that brings us to full time then, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website, and now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. All good again. Uh, looking forward to two FA
1: Cup semi-finals this weekend. And I'm actually looking forward to sitting inside Oakwell, watching Barnsley, and not having to check the scores of the other games on my phone every two minutes. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, plenty of twists and turns in the Premier League, no doubt, coming up as well. It seems that every week we've, we have something
0: surprises with the Premier League. Lovely stuff. I'm considering going to Hartlepool Crawley because I think it's only 45 minutes away by train. But I don't want to go to Hartlepool if Crawley lose and I'm stuck in Hartlepool. So it's, it's something I've got to weigh up. But anyway, Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me.
2: Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to Spurs having a nice, easy trip to (laughs) St. James's Park on the weekend. I'm sure that won't won't be a total embarrassment. But uh, look, as we we know, lots of good football to look forward to. I think those FA Cup matches are going to be really interesting. I think, you know, Brighton-Manchester United is going to be a fantastic game. Really looking forward to that. And uh, as I said, I think we might see an upset with, with Brighton going through. So yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan
0: cheers mate and also to the listeners out there and with that said it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy this is the Odds On Podcast and until next time goodbye